I will remind you, unfortunately, as a consequence, because you came in through the front, your bike will still be here when you take off. Yeah. Is there any way for Ruth to run back around to get that, or no? You can try to sneak back, and you can try to sneak past any officers who may be in the front. You can, like, run the perimeter of the warehouse, but the matter would be if you interact with any police who may still be waiting outside. Do you want to give me a roll for that? Yes, I will do that. Okay, I Because think... I can travel faster on bicycle than foot. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think what would fit best in this moment is conceal. Yes, conceal. Luckily for me, I have one dice in that. Nice. Your position is desperate and your effect is limited. Are there any poison promises available? I do have a poison promise. Ooh. But even I hate how much it sucks. Oh boy. <laughs> One of these cops here is the cop that you interacted with earlier in the day. Great. Him discovering that you are here will obviously have long standing future consequences for you <laughs> and for Monsieur Roses. Mm -hmm. Well, I hate that. Yeah, even I hate it. I'm sorry. So I think I won't. <laughs> That's fair. I also wouldn't. Uh, so I'll just take the 1D then. Mm -hmm. And I think because I only have three points of stress left that I won't push myself, even though it would make sense for Ruth too at this point. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, so... Quick rules question? Yes. Mm. I don't remember. Do characters have to be present to spend links for people? So like, could somebody spend a link they have with Ruth for Ruth to get a bonus die? This would be a lovely uh, moment for if, uh, if Actual Factual is in the audience tonight to clarify for us. But as, as far as I am aware, I don't think that one has to necessarily be present, but you'd still have to qualify exactly how this comes to play in this moment. So I'm not sure if it should... I want to say it should be able to work in a kind of flashback logic once you can establish how your connection to this person has given you the opportunity to qualify the thing. I found the rule. It says helping. You may spend a link with someone to give them a helping die. You do not need to spend stress or even be there to help them directly. Yeah. So you can do the thing. Do the thing. God, if it's Vic helping, Ruth will be so pissed. <laughs> I'm happy to do so unless, uh, but I don't have an idea yet. I just have to come up with something. I mean, if I'm thinking if, I don't know, if Vic has some other project with the revolution that causes cop distraction or something, just as this moment serendipitously, that's my most immediate thought, if Vic is the one providing the help. If you wanted a serendipity help, it would probably be more reasonable for Nina because she's probably out delivering stuff. And so if you wanted to do maybe like a fortune roll or something for Here's her. Here's your to, ride. Yeah. This is the like, worst. No. Sorry. <laughs> it's like, and, and Nina would not have expected you to be there. And so this is very much like a, what the, what? what? But that is, it is definitely a serendipitous moment of coincidentalness. So. I will mm -hmm. also qualify that if, as I presently understand it, it should be 
theoretically, it should be accurate to say that Vic has been a dream knight longer than Ruth has. And therefore, at some point, Ruth would have had to learn the process of what do I need to do in order to be safe in Port Cloud in the middle of the night when people don't know why the hell I'm in someone else's house, leaving their bedroom while they're still asleep. And part of that would include knowing how to interact with slash avoid the cops, which I'm perfectly fair to say is a thing Vic has taught you, which would qualify as a social link in that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now I have, now I have an idea. Oh, so I, I would, love Mike's ideas. I'll toss it back to you, Yoy. So Vic's idea, it takes the form of making sure that everybody has reversible clothes and quick and basically quick change materials so that Ruth could put their shirt on backwards and pull a beanie out of like some bag and instantly have a different silhouette that Vic as an active revolutionary who is in with people who are doing like direct action, like vigilantism would need to be able to make quick fades. And so we could flash back to Vic talking at least Ruth and possibly other people through the basically like walk past like a kiosk or something and be wearing different clothes and their hair is different. That so makes I sense could... to me. And also I was thinking that um, just for security purposes, Ruth wouldn't ever like park his bike right next to the place where like the fight is going on. He would always mm-hmm. drop the bike off somewhere and then walk like the next distance yeah, to the actual sense. location. So he wouldn't need to be running around to the back. I okay. mean, to the front to get his bike. He would just, you need, just to, need to get to that place. Yeah, I just need to get to that place so I can take the long way around, like literally the long, long way around, and get to the bike and just bike home casually. I have spent my link with with Ruth, which can give you plus one D to your action. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So still give me that conceal. Okay. Um, so that's two D six. Mm-hmm. That's a six, six and a four, four. I believe. Nice. Thank you, Vic, says Um, the player of Ruth, not actually Ruth. (laughs) Ruth, you just become a different person. Like, very suddenly, you just, like, make very minor adjustments to your wardrobe, and suddenly you are, like, a totally different shape. You step past two police officers who tell you good evening and ask you very briskly to get out of this area because they think that some trouble is taking place here. You nod silently as you step past them. You glance at the corner of your eye that you can see that jerk who was harassing your boss earlier leaning next to the open door of this warehouse. But you continue on your way to your bike. Uh, Mm -hmm. You unlock it from like wherever you had it locked and you make it back on your merry way. Mm -hmm. Uh, Are you going to go all the way back home? Ruth is going to take the indirect way home because he's been doing this for a while. He knows that the people who attend these kinds of events are 50-50 very, very bad people. (laughs) So he's definitely not taking a route that would help people follow him. Mm -hmm. So yeah, he takes the long way home. Cool. I would like you to give me a perceive roll. I have no points in that, so it's 2d6 and the lower of the two. Mm-hmm. 
That's a four and a five. You notice that there is something in your shirt that seems to be poking you. Well, because it's not a phone thing, Ruth will bike one-handed and fish out the thing that is poking him. In the breast pocket of your shirt, there is a card. <sighs> what kind of card? Have you seen the same card that Cat presently has? I don't think Cat showed it to anybody. Or if so, Cat only showed it to Vic. I'm aware that Vic's seen it. I'm aware that Nina has seen it. But I don't think you have. Yes, that does make sense with Ruth ignoring what everyone is doing until they're in trouble. <laughs> so on the front of the card is the same embossed weird eye sigil logo that we have previously described. Very jagged, very fractal. It looks very strange and abstract. But on the other side is now text. Uh-huh. The text on this card reads, For recruitment to the order, call, and a cell phone number that you already know is Dice's. The rest of the group will hate me for this. Ruth sees it, makes a disgusted noise, and throws the card away as he's biking. Strong character decisions being made this evening. Ruth is a strong character, and he doesn't need any dice to help him. And you continue on your way home. And now, it's fair to assume as a result that everyone is home, yes? Mm -hmm. I would like each of you to give me a one-die-fortune roll in order. I'm going to call your name and I'm going to ask you to give me a one-die-fortune roll. Cat. Five. Vic. Two. Nina. Also two. Two. Ruth, please roll 1d6. That is a four. I would like to note that at this point in the game, in the session, we have rolled an equal number of ones and fives. You just don't see us complaining about the fives. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone has now returned to their homes. They've had a long day for some of you, much longer. You've had a terrible, exhausting day for some of you, much more exhausting. You know as Dream Knights to be as wary as possible about your sleep. You know that weird things happen in dreams, but you know that you are well prepared to interpret them and defend yourself in the event that those things become far too much for you. But you also know that you kind of need to sleep to live, so you all eventually do, at some point, fall asleep. Vic, you're awakened in what is obviously a dream. You are in what you feel is definitely a room, probably very big, but you can't tell because it is very dark. Which is strange, considering that you can see yourself in this dream as if you are well lit under a spotlight. As if a thing is about to happen, as if a performance is taking place and you are presently on stage. You get the sense as a result that you are looking out for whatever the action is. 
you look all around you and the room is dark in all directions. And then as you keep looking, you just kind of spontaneously discover a thing. Nina, you awake in what is obviously a dream. The same room, the same darkness, the same personal spotlight, and you keep looking as well. And then you find Vic. Both of you feel like saying something to each other, but because this is a dream, because you, because your body in this dream has nothing to say, you don't say anything to each other. You just have this sense in this moment that you'd like to point out that this is kind of weird, but you don't. And then you hear the click of another spotlight ahead somewhere, and you can see it in the distance, and it makes this room seem far bigger and far more dense than it ever has been, than it felt when you got here. And you walk toward it, and it feels like you're walking forever, but it also feels like you've gotten there very suddenly. And then, when you get to that light, it is a street lamp, just here in the darkness. There are like a couple of green-winged butterflies just kind of flapping around it idly. And underneath this street lamp is Euphony. Euphony as you knew them before they transcended. The Euphony who introduced you to this entire thing. The Euphony who you dare never call by another name. And they look dead on at you. And even though you know that the other person in this dream with you is standing quite a ways away from you, each of you knows that Euphony is looking at you and also looking at the person that you came into this dream with. You don't know how. It's a dream. You don't question it. And Euphony looks at you as if they're in a lot of emotional pain. Like, they've been going through something that you had no experience of before you got here. Vic, you've never seen Euphony in this state before. Euphony has always been perfectly in control of their emotions. They've never been in doubt, never felt really low or weak, except in a fight. And even then, they mustered more bravery than sorrow in that moment. You've never seen Euphony cry or be terribly afraid like this before. Nina, this is altogether kind of strange for you. It feels kind of weird overall to see what looks like a kind of fear in Euphony's eyes in this moment. And they look at you and say, I keep having this dream that I'm in a hole. And then you can't see them anymore. And then you can't see each other anymore. But you can still see the light. You feel your hand against a thing, and you turn to find the thing, but you find just darkness. Do you press your hand against that thing? Vic is flying toward the light, because it's dreams, and in dreams you can fly. I would like you to give me a defy roll. Okay. I have both defy and flow, if one of those would have greater effect. Both of those have a kind of effect that will determine the information that you get, but I think that both of them are fairly the same in this moment. Or rather, I should qualify, Defy will allow you to break the rules of the dream that are attempting to confine you, and Flow will attempt you, will give you the ability to perform optimally within those confines in ways that will not 
trouble the dream very much. Okay. Yeah, I think this is Defy because it seemed like the dream the dream had its own momentum. Mm-hmm. And so Vic is interrupting the like sometimes in a dream you may feel more or less active or more or less proactive. Mm-hmm. This is like an interrupt command. Mm-hmm. Definitely so. Your position is desperate and your effect is limited. So I think I'm going to push for an extra die. Okay. So I will be rolling desperate limited 2d6. Four and a three. Okay, cool. You try to gather the momentum that allows you to move towards the light. And you realize that 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 momentum is stunted somewhat, but you can still move. And that's when you realize, as you are trying to like physically manipulate your body in this space, that's how you learn when you move your hands that you are presently in a hole. You have no idea how deep it is, only that there is light above you and that you can see that you are in a hole, but every time you try to perceive how deep it is, it seems like it's getting deeper and then not that deep. And then you try to perceive it again and it just kind of wobbles again like that. Nina, you are also in a hole. You notice the exact same thing that Vic does. It feels like it was cut precisely for how wide you are. Like there is no room in here but for you. Vic, when you look up and move towards the light, as you notice that the hole keeps doing this thing where it keeps fluctuating in depth and you can't even tell if you're actively even leaving it anymore, you see Euphony's head just kind of like pop out of the dark over the hole right in front of you and say, hey Vic. And so I think at this point, it's probably good to describe uh, Vic's dreaming form, which is fairly distinct from their waking form. So in like waking form, we, like I described that version of Vic at work or kind of outside of the constraints of work. In, in dreaming, Vic is kind of willowy rather than like a stocky average build and has like a, a more kind of traditionally femme presentation. So red lipstick, tea dress, biker jacket, belt, boots, and like flowing wavy hair instead of much shorter wavy hair that is like pomaded back. And I like to think that like most of the time in dreaming, the like the dress and the one end of the belt and the hair are like flowing in wind that is mostly not there. Or like if you've seen videos of like um, underwater dancers with long hair, where like the the hair moves in a in a different kind of flowing fashion, and so that is the Vic that we see here, like basically trying to will their way to get out of the hole and look up to Euphony and say, "What's going on? How long have you been here?" I'm always here now. How do I we get out? I'm the worst person to ask for that. I can't get out. It's not my home anymore. I'm its home. Uh, so Vic, Vic will reach out and say, then take my hand, let me get to where you are, and then we can do something. Euphony reaches their hand out toward you, 
And at that moment, it feels like it is infinitely close, like it is right there for you to hold. But whenever you actively decided that you're going to take their hand, it suddenly feels like you all are miles and miles away from each other. And just like the depth of the hole, it keeps fluctuating in that as if the dream is trying to sense your intent and resist your intent. And at a point, like, it feels like you all have been reaching out for each other for several minutes. And then at some point, Euphony just sighs and puts their hand behind by their sides and says, We don't have time for this. The eye is upon you. Even I don't know what that means. And as they're speaking, you can hear a thing that sounds like an echo. But when you listen more closely, it sounds like dozens of separate voices all repeating Euphony's words. And you can tell that several of those other voices aren't Euphony's voice. But in the kind of dream logic that tells you that even though you do not know what a thing is, you obviously do know what this thing is. You get this feeling like all of those voices are Euphony's voices too. Even though they sound nothing like the Euphony that you know. In any permutation. And they continue. The eye is upon everyone. It is a cold eye. Even I don't know what that means. And it feels at a moment that Euphony is trying to struggle for more words. And then says... But just as Euphony is about to continue, all of those echoes just kind of fade into like a singular point of sound. And then you can hear Euphony's normal voice go... Wait a minute. Did Ruth get in a fight again? You wake up in a cold sweat, Vic. Nothing about this dream was frightening, but there's a part of your dream night sense that constantly tells you, even when you know that you're not in danger, sometimes in a dream, you're in danger and you don't know, and that means that you need to be perfectly aware, and you are aware of those kinds of weirdnesses. Just absolute bad vibes. Yeah, just pure bad vibes. What do you do now that you are awake? check the time and then hit up the, the group text and ask people like sound off. Did you just have a weird, uh, a weird ass dream with euphony? The time I will tell you is like half past one. You have barely slept. It's like two and a half hours sleep or something like that. By the time you had left uh, your get together with everybody else. Cat, your phone stirs you awake and you get a sound off message. You know that this is, mm-hmm. t- Dream Night Protocol states that if, if it is sleep times and someone has sent that rally message in the group chat, it's because you're trying to make sure that some weird shit hasn't happened in the dream. Mm-hmm. It's you are obligated in this moment to respond. Do you also, respond? A quick note, only the people in this group chat are whitelisted. <laughs> Otherwise, my notifications are off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Do not disturb so, except like, for just these people. Yes, I will respond. I will also note that before going to bed, Cat had a highball, so she can push blocks faster. The one person in the chat who's played Catherine got that joke. <laughs> cool, so Cat has responded. Ruth, your phone stirs you awake. You have gotten that message. 
There are parts of your head that hurt very much, even though you don't think you got that severely rocked during the fight. But you are awake. You've seen the message in the group chat. Do you respond? I will note that Ruth's phone is so old that he cannot switch off notifications. Yeah. <laughs> so he just gets notifications from everything. But he sees that and just texts back, I'm fine. No, he doesn't text back, I'm fine. He texts back, colon, capital I. <laughs> yeah, that works. That You all know that that's typically how Ruth would respond. One minute passes. Two minutes pass. Nina, you are still in this hole. And that's where we're going to end tonight's session of Fractal Spire. I can't believe you would leave our unlikely hero in the hole. I mean, no, is like, the unlikely the hero. Yeah, if Brandon had asked, what does Nina do? The only thing Nina would have tried to do is go, hello, is anybody there? So Nina is not. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that was what I imagined. So yes. if you want that to be the outro, it's Nina just in the hole going, hello? <laughs> yeah. I guess we should start with you then, since you are in a hole. How do you feel about tonight's session Nina's very concerned concerned alone yeah concerned alone worried about Ruth but now currently very worried about Vic because what just happened Vic how do you feel well Vic's promise to Nina is I will die before I let the conspiracy take Nina so Vic will be very worried when they figure out what's going on Oh yes, I remember, because you you do have a vague um, historical relationship to the conspiracy or to its origins that will be noteworthy in when we uh, get back into the action. It's actually suddenly very telling that the dice decided maybe Vic should have this moment. So cool. Uh, Ruth, you got in a fight. Yeah, and that was supposed to be great. The dice was annoying. So Ruth yeah. doesn't feel that great. You're going to have to deal with a lot more dice. I'm sorry. Um, dice was okay. annoying and the dice were annoying. Yeah. God, somebody we, actually... somebody it took actually us two hours to get to that joke. <laughs> no, yeah. Um, Three hours. Trifidy Mats in the chat caught me on a thing that I wasn't thinking about when I said it aloud. Dice does not let you go. So, yeah, I feel like that needs to be a command in chat as well at some point. And, Kat, how do you feel about the session that has just occurred? I know you didn't have a great deal to do, but you will you will soon have a lot of engagement. Okay, let me make sure I understand this promise chain correctly. Vic promised that they would die to keep Nina safe. From the conspiracy, right? yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Cat has promised to keep Vic alive. And given that Cat's the time traveler, I think we are definitely lining up for some shenanigans there. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're Rewind! In, we're <laughs> aiming straight for the Madoka Magica timeline, and I'm not sure if I'm excited, intrigued, or frightened. It's perfect. I love it. <laughs> this is very exciting. We have established exactly the kind of context that is necessary for your next session to engage immediately with the dream. And I'm particularly excited that even outside of the mechanical specifications of the game itself, that there is still room to do weird dream stuff. And I'm very excited for you all to rescue Nina from whatever it is that is happening. So that's going to be a lot of fun. 
But until we get to that point sometime in April, I will ask all of you lovely people to remind all of the lovely people in chat who you are, what you do, and where people can find you next. In reverse order this time, starting with Iori. Kusanoe Iori, they, them pronouns, Clarion West class of 2017. Writer and third-rate duelist. You can find me on Twitter at Iori Kusano, at kusanoeiori.com, and on Master Duel. Fight me! 675-877-938. Fight me. Fight me! Come on, coward! You know you wanna! Oh my god, I'm this close to also putting my Master Duel uh, information inside here, but I'm not going to, because I am a coward. But thank you so very much. Next, Yoi. Hello, and then eventually goodbye, Yoi Gawain Lin, he, they, pronouns, game, and fiction writer. Today I played Ruth, the outsider, who came out here to attack people and is having such a good time right now. Thank you so very much. Next, Valerie. I am Valerie Valdez, and I can't stop laughing. I don't even know what's going on anymore. Find me on Twitch at The Kids Are Asleep and on Twitter at Valerie Valdez. And Mike. Michael Underwood, at Mike R. Underwood on Twitter, twitch.tv slash TurboTango for video games. I'm one of the three co-hosts of Speculate. You can find Speculate at speculatesf.com. You can support the show by becoming a supporter at patreon.com slash speculate. I have special... Girl by Moonlight things that I will start posting onto this, the Speculate Patreon for patrons. If you cannot get enough of this game, you should be, go and become a patron because then you'll get lots of extra things. He, him pronouns for me, they, them for Vic, everywhere except when they're at work because work is shitty and Vic has to use he, him pronouns there. So that's how pronouns are complicated. That's me. Yes. So what we're saying is pronouns are complicated because work sucks and we should destroy capitalism for the sake of all, uh, our, all of our kin with which I agree. As for me, I have been your stage manager this evening, The Rising Tides, otherwise known as Brandon O'Brien. Pronouns he, him, or they, them. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at The Rising Tides, on twitch.tv slash The Rising Tides, where sometimes I do actually fight Iori in Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel, and it goes poorly, but it's still a great deal of fun, so we're gonna do it again very, very soon, among other things, of course. I am a poet, writer, and game designer from Trinidad and Tobago, and the author of a thing called Can You Sign My Tentacle? Which is really rad. If you're into the thing, I think you should read the thing. And if you can nominate the thing for a Science Fiction Poetry Association Elgin Award, please also do the thing, because I think that it's really neat. And I am also one of the members of Speculate, which you can, as Mike has already succinctly mentioned earlier, uh, support by going to patreon.com slash speculate. I also have some very cool future port cloud things that I'd like to share, specifically about the rest of the world and how bad and weird and strange it is, and exactly why you wouldn't want to live there, but also exactly why you probably live there already and should probably move or change it. So that has been us this evening. I'm going to tell all these lovely people good evening uh, for the night. But before that happens, I would like you to bid adieu to all of the lovely people in chat. I really liked spending time with you all. And I hope to venture into the dream with you all very soon, yet again. The theme music for Speculate is Yellow Wood by Greg's band The Road. Find out more at www.thebandtheroad.com. Imagination, my
Hi, everyone. If you've enjoyed what we've been doing here on Speculate and you've been thinking to yourself, where can I get more role-playing in my life? Can I recommend arvaneleron.com, A-R-V-A-N-E-L-E-R-O-N.com, where you can check out the Curse of Strahd podcast. This, set in the world of Ravenloft, is a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition campaign, which has been running for a long time with a similar group of players, and which has been both a lot of fun and I think you will find enjoyable. If you like it, please let us know both there and over here. You can subscribe to it on iTunes, Google Play Podcasts, and many other fine podcast providers. Thanks, and we'll see you over there.